Welcome to Wine and Film, A Perfect Pairing. I'm wine expert Haley Hamilton Cogill, and we are just days away from one of the greatest events we celebrate as Americans, Election Day, where we all have a chance to exercise our right to vote. In honor of this intense, interesting, and what seems never-ending election season, today we'll talk about some of our favorite films about politics. We'll pair a few wines to toast with, or to help drown away your sorrows this Election Tuesday. <laughs> and I'm film critic Gary Kogel, and we're going to get right into it with All the President's Men. I'm going to say that All the President's Men, which is a 1976 film, um, I don't know if it's a Drown Your Sorrows movie or a celebratory movie. It's just so good. It's I think it's... I think it may be the creme de la creme of all political movies, or it's, it's, it's you know, it's an Oscar-winning film. It's, it's, uh, William Goldman wrote the screenplay. Uh, Carl Bernstein, Bob Woodward, it, it's the story, story of them, the two investigative journalists. The whistle, that, yeah. That worked the Watergate worse. scandal. Yeah. And it's Redford and Dustin Hoffman playing them, two of the best roles they've ever had. Um, it, it's, Directed by Alan J. Pakula, who Alan J. Pakula did Sophie's Choice. Oh, true love. I love Sophie's Choice. Mm-hmm. Can't watch it for fun. Oh, it's Breaks just my exactly. heart every time. It's so sad. But that music score to Sophie's Choice. He also did one, I think, one of the scariest movies ever made. Jane Fonda won an Oscar for Clute. Oh, yeah. Where she plays the prostitute. Mm-hmm. And there's a guy, or there's a guy tracking her down. And, and, uh, Donald Sutherland plays the, the cop trying to help her. Mm-hmm. And, and But Alan J. Pakula is, is so good and so interesting. He did another political film called The Parallax View. But All the President's Men, when it came out in theaters, I remember watching this because it was in, when Watergate happened and then when Nixon eventually resigned, I mean, it took months and months and months for all that investigative journalism to play itself mm-hmm. out and who was Deep Throat right. and all those things. We eventually found out who that was um, um, uh, years later. But... But when it played out, I, it's kind of like the Snowden thing. I couldn't wrap my head around all of the events and what really conspired. And and to watch it all kind of played out in a movie that I didn't think was trying to bend my ear politically. It was just trying to explain what the thriller was, right. what this was. It, it takes my breath away in, in some instances. Well, and it celebrates investigative journalism at, like, its finest. Yes. And I think that that's something that is is – is going away. I, I think you know who really spends months on a story, who who what newsroom, you know whether it be a television or or newspaper or magazine, who who is allowing a, a group of of journalists to actually spend that much time and to really dig into a story because we are we are in the land mm-hmm. of of you know quick results, making quick predictions. Saying things off the cuff and and then often having to backtrack it. Yeah, and Spotlight did it exactly. Yeah. Well, and I think that that's why this film and and what it was based on is is so important, both as a political film, but just as a as a you know one of the best films just in the history of of smart journalism. And, and it went all the way to the top. Went all the way to the top to exactly. Nixon. You know, and we know all the, that farewell, and he gets on the helicopter for the last time and sweating on camera and. Doing all that stuff, but also it's the economics of of investigative journalism. It's easier for a newspaper or a TV show to say, "Here's ten things to change your life," or five or, tips yes, to help you every, get through the holidays. Mm-hmm. You know, five things to help you think about before you vote, rather than spend some time on these pieces. And, and God bless the people that pay for it and do it because they're still out there, but they're they're less and less mm-hmm. and less. And less. So I love that film. Great film. So the other film, Mr. Smith Goes yeah. to Washington, 
So that's back in 39. That's the great year of movies. That's Gone with the Wind, Wizard of Oz, Stagecoach, Stagecoach. Mr. Smith Goes to Washington, and the great Jimmy Stewart. It's a Frank Capra film who did It's a Wonderful Life. And what do we love about that film? It's the little guy standing up against the big guys. Mm -hmm. And he does the filibuster, and he and he and he exhausts himself. And as an actor, I mean that that movie really that that and it's a wonderful life put Jimmy Stewart on the map. They were both Capra films. But there's something really admirable now when you see somebody filibuster. It's not as admirable as it was in that movie. Sometimes it's just so politically driven on one side that. But but we're all in as an audience, I think, with Frank Capra. And Frank Capra also wanted us to feel idealistic about politics and to feel real open-eyed with almost joy and wonder about the process, where the process has become so cynical. Right. That's where the joy of Mr. Smith goes to Washington, to see somebody do what you know is right, because, damn it, it's Jimmy Stewart doing it. It's Jimmy Stewart doing it. And I believe him, it. and he's, he's going to save the world for all of us. The film was nominated for 11 Academy Awards back then. And, of course, Gone with the Wind being the winner that year. Uh, it won for Best Original Story. They didn't have screenplay then. They called it Best Original Story. Considered uh, in the Library of Con- uh, Congress one of the greatest films of all time, culturally, historically, aesthetically significant. But, it, I mean, it, it's Claude Rains. It's Edward Arnold. It's Thomas Mitchell. It's it, it. When it came out, it was a big, huge success at the box office, and it and and I th- I think it it instilled in in Frank Capra, Frank Capra's name within the conscious. I think of American American movies. So even now, even though it's 1939, because most films don't hold up, I think if you watch Mr. Smith Goes to Washington now, there's a point where you don't even go to the restroom anymore. Yeah, because you wait for that moment where it just goes on. And the filibuster goes, and we all just kind of root for him. You're in it. Yeah, yeah. I think it's cool. I think cool. it's a really, really cool film. So we've got all the president's men, and we've got Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. And in this political election year, you don't get movies much better than that. You don't. Two great films, easily two of the best of the bunch. Um, so just one quick pairing before we'll, we'll toast or drown our sorrows. <laughs> but I figured with these two kind of classics, great films will go old school, High quality, old world. Let's go to Burgundy and let's toast Uh Jimmy Stewart. Subtle, classic, not showy. In you know, intent on 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 doing what he's doing. He's kind of Sully Sullenberg. A little bit. (laughs) He's a little bit of Sully Sullenberg. But also, you know, I'll think you know Robert Redford and Dustin Hoffman intent on doing what they're doing, doing it to the best of their ability, and I think probably the best from Burgundy is going to be. Domain, domain de la Romanicanti. Romanicanti. You know, we love a good DRC. Don't have a chance to drink very often because they are very proud. DRC sounds like a political party. Well, maybe it should be. <laughs> It'd be a very tasty one. Just, I'll have the DRC. The, so if you're you know, Romanicanti is is just this is earthiness. This is this is great. Um, this is old world flavor. It's it's earthy. It's mineral. It's mushroom. It's forest floor. It's truffle, but it's also lovely red fruit. Um, kind of some of those woody herbs. Oh, just there's a certain point where it has to have at least so many years on it. Well, I think that I'm. I think that it's a wine that can certainly age beautifully, and yeah. and. I think then that just kind of depends upon your palate. There'll there'll be better vintages and and vintages that aren't so great, but I'm going to still say that any bottle of 
of DRC is going to be a good one. Or the occasion. Well, and and so it's it's a great, it's definitely a food wine. It's a perfect pairing wine. But you, that's kind of also the, that I can have a meal, but can I just sit here and sip this and, and, and get mesmerized by the beauty of this beautiful Or you're beautiful watching wine. the election night returns and your candidate is doing really well and you've got and you or you say bring me a DRC and you're ten thousand dollars. <laughs> so if I order a if I order a DRC in a very nice high end restaurant, it's going to cost me. It's going to cost you. I, I don't know an actual. Um, I haven't I haven't perused the the my local steakhouse wine list lately, but um, it's it's they're very proud and they should be. It's a you know this is heritage. It's one of it's old world and it's it's. A winery that's been in in the family for for you know generations and generations, really just incredible. I've had a chance to to try one once, and I actually can't remember the vintage, but I'm, it was I'm gonna, special. I bet you uh, Jimmy Stewart and uh, what was that? Was, are you are you playing Jimmy <laughs> and uh, Robert Redford and Dustin, Dustin Hoffman, Hoffman have all had a de- I, I, have all I'm, had a bottle. Of I, well, and I, since it was not as expensive. Um, back in the day as it is today, especially um, in the 30s and 40s and 50s and, and Jimmy Stewart's, you know, high time, he, it was much more affordable. But that's also just the, the economy of wine and, and some, mm. of these, some of these very, very special, very high-end bottles have just gotten, um, have, have gotten rather expensive. And we can thank the, uh, the, the Asian buying market for that. <laughs> is that, is, is that. That's who we blame it on? Well, yeah, that's that's kind of been a, a, a very um, a very big topic amongst um, both Bordeaux and Burgundy that some of these very high-end, well-known, well-represented, your Rothschilds, your DRCs, your, your you know, Moutons, those, the, your Lafitte's, the, the Chinese enjoy those wines quite a bit and, yeah. and are have bought a lot of them. Buying them up. Hey, when we come back, two more political film favorites and some wines to either toast or help drown your sorrows. When Wine and Film, a perfect pairing, talking about political movies, returns. And we're back on Wine and Film, a perfect pairing, talking about political movies in this election year. Pretty tumultuous election year. Oh, my goodness. But... The I'm movie, kind of ready for it. I'm glad that it's yeah, I'm glad it's over. over. Almost over. I, I, I totally agree with you. But rather than talking about movies that stress us out, the political movie that I love so much is American President. Oh, no, it's such a great And it's directed film. by Rob Reiner. It was a 95 film. I remember interviewing all of them. I interviewed Michael Douglas for this film and Annette Bening. I remember interviewing Martin Sheen and Michael J. Fox for this. And also Rob Reiner, who directed it. You know, Meathead from yeah. All in the Family, who did Stand by Me, yeah. a bunch of other really good films. He did. He did Harry Met Sally, right? He did uh, when Harry Met Sally. Yes. But he and Reiner made some really wonderful films. He's got another one coming up soon. But American President in '95 was about a relationship. It's about a, a single dad president, a widower, who meets a political activist played by Annette Benning, and they start dating in the middle of of both of their political lives, who might be at uh, at different ends of their political beliefs, but they come together as a dating couple. And we I don't 
think we'd seen much of that in in movies before. Well, I don't think we we'd seen much of it in in politics. I think that that's why, because that was the whole scandal. That you know, can this can this single president have a date? And and it's interesting because it wasn't that long ago. It was twenty years ago, and and yet. I wouldn't. I don't know that today, if you'd even think twice about a, a single, if the president was single, going out and having a date. I, don't I have know. no idea because it hasn't happened. Right. It hasn't been happening. You know. I guess we'll all deal with it when it happens. It, well, yeah. and then they'll show American president over and over on television <laughs> about it. But there's a real charm to this movie, and there's a real kindness, and it's written by Aaron Sorkin, who we love. Who we love, and Aaron Sorkin is one of the great screenwriters, and I. That's why I think Martin Sheen's and everything Aaron Sorkin writes at, at some point. But, and God bless Annette Benning. She has this kind of goofy sweetness to her. You know, she's married to Warren Beatty yes. in real life. And she's, they're a power couple, but she's just kind of a normal person. I've been around her a lot. She's always just been really as normal as you can be, where Michael Douglas is a real movie star. You know, his dad is a movie star. He's a big movie star. But th- but this kind of got down like kind of like the movie Dave, mm-hmm. which I've always she liked too. That I would compare it to, that it just kind of gets down on that level of where you know speaks to all of us, no matter whether you're the president and you're just a guy who likes the girl that works at the grocery store down on the corner. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing. Mm-hmm. It's the exact same. He thing. sends her a Virginia ham. <laughs> which I just well, he has trouble ordering, ordering it because he doesn't know he what doesn't to, have a to wallet. Do on it. <laughs> So the, the the other film that interests me was uh, the 1998 film called Primary Colors, and that's so they never came out and said it's really about Clinton and it's really not about, but it is. It's all about all of that stuff, and and uh, and and what I find fascinating is that John Travolta and Emma Thompson play the Clintons, and and Billy Bob Thornton's in it, Kathy Bates is in it. She's great in that film. Uh, Larry Hagman's in that film. Uh, uh, Kathy Bates was nominated for Academy Award for Best Supporting Actress for her performance. And I think Elaine May wrote it. And Elaine May is the big comedy writer that worked with uh, with our, our friend who uh, just died. Oh, my God. Married to Diane Sawyer. The great Mike oh, Nichols. Mike. Yeah. Yeah. Elaine May and Mike Nichols had a, had a writing and a comedy team for years. But Primary Colors really worked for me, and I didn't know what to do with it when I saw it because I thought, is this making fun of Bill Clinton or is it not? And Because it wasn't easy on Bill Clinton. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. But it was endearing to him in, in many ways, and it kind of got into that couple. That, I guess that's why they could, they could ride around it and never admit that's who it was about, but it was obviously mm-hmm. about them. Does that movie work for you? It, it, it does, and, you know, I— not to get political, but I think I already have. You know, I'm a I'm a I'm a huge Bill fan, and and it it does. The character has a sweetness, even though he's not. There's lots of flaws. He has lots of flaws. Emma Thompson's great, though. She's great, and she, she is fiery and gets after it. And and if if she is playing Hillary in that, then I I can see it. You know, and I I glossed over this, but it's directed by Mike Nichols. Oh, it is? Yeah, Wonderful. it's directed. And I think that's why that film probably was elevated, because you take any lesser director on this, especially with John Travolta playing. Because Travolta, we've seen Travolta again in, in, in the OJ series. And he's really, I think he's really good. He's not always this good in movies. Yeah. But in this film, I thought he was kind of, he's not doing an impression or an impersonation, but he's really, really good in that film. So two films about, Politics that I think are really watchable and kind of enjoyable. 
Can we throw one more in? Yeah. Even though it was on it was on HBO instead of in the theater. What about Game Change? Game Change is one of the best things I've ever seen on television. Yeah, it's great. About and and they and there'll there'll be another one mm-hmm. about this political about this campaign. Year. But but man, Game Change knocked just knocked me out, and I I thought it was so interesting because who was it? Uh, Julianne Moore mm-hmm. played um, played Sarah Palin. Played Sarah Palin, and she's great. And Ed Harris. Mm-hmm. Played John McCain mm-hmm. and all about you know the inner workings of them. Uh, usually, it's about both political sides of the campaign, but they just did that right. movie about That's what, them. That's what about the because it was based on a book. <sighs> the film was so smart. And so and smart and well about. done. And yeah. and you know, I I suppose if you are are not a, <laughs> a, a, a Hillary or Bill fan. Um, or, or hey, even if you, I, I think even I mean, if it's well done, I think that I think it's a really, really well done film based on 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 the topic they were. I, do, I agree. I don't care about the politics. I'm really interested in whether this film works. I, I see a lot of things that I don't agree with, mm-hmm. but boy, I really admire them. Mm-hmm. And and Julianne Moore as Sarah Palin was so so spot on to me, and 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 that that crazy world. I don't. I don't know how people run for office. Oh I, my it, gosh. It's kind of a crazy world. I know how they drink wine, though. They do, or, and they, so, drink, or they drink something good. Yeah. So we're going to start. Um, if your if your candidate wins, if whoever you you want to see win this election comes out victorious on Election Tuesday, and you'll want to toast. Then, if you're a Trump supporter, I talked about his Trump wine a couple weeks ago. If you are a Trump supporter, hopefully you've already ordered it from Virginia because that's where it. I don't know that you'll be able to get it before Election Tuesday, but have a little of his Blanc de Blanc bubbles and 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 celebrate your man. It's going to be great. Hold up your big head. Yes. Um, but if you're a Hillary fan, then you've got to go classic French champagne. Um, celebrate the day because and, – and even if you're not a Hillary fan, then, then at least – at least raise your glass because if if Hillary does win, then this is momentous. I mean, we this is we have finally come to a day that there is a woman in in the highest office in America, and and like I said, if it's not your if it's not your candidate, then that's that's great. But but at least our country is 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 evolving, and so I raise a glass. I do it with with one of the. Finest champagnes celebrating another woman. Let's go, Vuv Clicquot. I, I talk about Vuv a lot. It's, it's you know a strong woman taking over her her husband's chateau or champagne house after he passed away, and really took that winery and 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 made it into a the the name that it is and and the respect that that this that, that a champagne house should have. If you want to stay domestic on our American Election Tuesday, then try, you know, Domaine Carneros, uh, Tatinger's Champagne House or, or Sparkling Wine House in California, made by, it, it's elegant, made with with refinement and and... It's one of the one of the best representations I think of sparkling wine outside of champagne, and it's made by the amazing Eileen Crane. So supporting another woman. So yeah, we've been there, and and we it's beautiful. The, the chateau, the Domaine Carneros chateau, is is just one of the most uh, gorgeous. Uh, gorgeous wineries in in the you know kind of Napa Valley area. It's, I'm here to just, support strong women. Well, in our true. house. I love the well. 
it will be an interesting day. Let's, I'm, I'm ready for it to get here. So, yeah, but at least what's interesting about these political movies is, is they go all over the map. And, and I'm going to make this blanket statement. I hear this all the time. Oh, Hollywood's so liberal, and I and I'm going to say that most conservatives don't have enough sense of humor to make really good, smart political movies. Every once in a while they do, and they come out, but they're not, they're not very many of them. Plus, a lot of artists are going to be liberal open-minded anyway about all kinds of things. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it goes with just the territory with artists. But Primary Colors, to me, is one of the best. Uh, but American President is the film that I will watch again. And yeah. I'll do a stop-down when it comes on TV. And there's a scene that I love before we go to break. It's the scene where they're, I think they get together for the first time, and they're going out to dance with the the down into dinner. Yeah, it's it's, it's there. The French the French president is visiting because she speaks French to him at the and, table, and, and she, she, she walks her, in, and, and she walks in and walks into this arena of just wow stares. Yes, uh, and, and and she looks gorgeous. That's a wonderfully gown, wonderfully directed saucy red hair. Yeah. Wow. That, that's a lucky president to get to dance with Annette Bening. I think so. Hey, when we come back, two more films, uh, political-minded and some more wine pairings. And that's what we do because it's a political season, special edition of Wine and Film, A Perfect Pairing. And we're back on Wine and Film, A Perfect Pairing. Hey, it's an election year. We're talking political movies. One of the most controversial political movies of all time, JFK, Oliver Stone's film. It was 1991. It's a conspiracy thriller uh, directed by Oliver Stone, also co-wrote the screenplay about a cover-up through the eyes of uh, New Orleans District Attorney Jim Garrison, who's played by Kevin Costa with that southern Lu- that <laughs> Louisiana accent. Uh, also, uh, Tommy Lee Jones plays uh, New Orleans businessman Clay Shaw. Tommy Lee Jones was nominated for an Oscar for this. This film was nominated for multiple Oscars. Uh, Gary Oldman was Lee Harvey Oswald. Yeah. Uh, they, I remember when they came, when they they shot a lot of the film in Dallas and in New Orleans, but they recreated that whole motorcade. So I had two friends that were that were JFK and Jackie in that, and I remember being down on the set multiple days where they shot. And sometimes they do it with three shots, they do it with five, they do it with ten, and they explored all these different theories. and um, and And they took over the entire building, so they shot it in the real location and the and and where where it all happened. Uh, it had a slow start at the box office, but really picked up momentum, earning over, I think, $205 million worldwide, which is what the box office gross says. was nominated for, JFK nominated for eight Academy Awards, including Best Picture. That was back when you could only nominate five films. It won two, Best Cinematography, and I remember it won Best Editing, because I don't think there's anything in that film more than three seconds long. Wow. All of a sudden, just goes boom, boom, boom. Yeah. And, and it's, it, it, it's like that. But I... In the grand scheme of movies, I've always defended this film because I think you can explore any theories that you want. Oliver Stone's never said this is how it happened. Mm-hmm. But if you're kind of an idiot and you don't read and say say right now you're 18 years old and you don't like books and you get all of your information from movies, the internet. don't get it from JFK. <laughs> I hope JFK spurs you on to go read. Mm-hmm. And, and because a lot of people just... They think movies are facts, and it's a movie, and Oliver Stone mm-hmm. will be the first to tell you. Oh, reality shows are real, Gary, don't you know? Aren't they? Don't they really do that? <laughs> aren't they really that bad, and aren't they really that dumb? But Oliver Stone, in the original cut of this movie, was over four hours long. He cut wow. it down to three hours, and I think it would end up around three hours and five minutes. So I get this weird call one day. 
I get a call, uh, and it's Kevin Costner's um, publicist who calls me and says, uh, Kevin wants to know if you want to come down and have lunch on the set with him of JFK. And I said, well, how, why would I say no? And uh, they were so secretive about filming here. If you got a call from Oliver Stone or, or Costner, you want to go, as a journalist, you want to go down there and be part of that and, and kind of discover that. So I did. And I remember going down, going through security. You know, there's Joe Pesci walking by. And I go into the into the tent where all the crew's eating and Costa hands me a plate. We go through the chow line and then we go into his little trailer. And he kind of goes off on how the Dallas Morning News had been trailing him for a while and writing, you know, rumors about every person they saw him with. And I said, I don't write for the Dallas Morning News. I work for a television <laughs> station. Sorry, Kevin. And we had known each other anyway. Yeah. But uh, And we've been in, you know, he's got a band and we've been yeah. around that stuff. But I think he's really good in this, despite that bad accent. And John Candy's really good in this. There's a scene at a racetrack with John yeah. Candy. And he's, his skin's real red, like he's all sunburned, he's a big southern guy. And there's just so many interesting angles of this movie. Uh, you know, it boils down now, what really happened? I think Lee Harvey Oswald did it. Did it. I don't know if he was put up to do it or did no, it by himself. He did it. But mm-hmm. I think he did it and, mm-hmm. and ran out of that building and shot it from that. And we live in that area. We've seen mm-hmm. that building a thousand times, mm-hmm. and you still can't drive by it right without there. looking at that window mm-hmm. and looking at at, at, that. at that where the X. I think it's really a fascinating film. So sometimes I, what I'm saying is, I think it's okay to just explore whatever you want to explore. Well, that's the beauty of theory, and and you know, make your own. That's why we have brains. Make your own. <laughs> yeah, yes. If there's not, if there aren't any concrete facts, then oh my god, I saw it. JFK and it really happened. That that bullet bent three times. Yeah, it went backwards and forward and all that stuff. So. so the other film uh, I want to bring up is The Contender, which, which I just love. I love. I love this film. Also, Gary Oldman's in that film. But The Contender was a 2000 film, political drama, written by Rod Lurie and directed by Rod Lurie. And Rod was a colleague of mine. He was a yeah. film critic who became a filmmaker, and was nominated for a few Oscars. Uh, Joan Allen, I know, was nominated for Best Actress, Jeff Bridges, for supporting. He plays the president. Jeff Bridges is the president. That's great. Joan Allen is the first female. Contender. Contender. Vice president. Yes. And it's the first time we'd ever, that had ever, you know, a movie could, had ever really explored all of that. Christian Slater's in it. Uh, Gary Oldman plays the bad politician that doesn't want it to happen because we don't need women in there, kind of thing. And uh, but it, it, it's a, there's a real smartness and a real sweetness to this film. Mm-hmm. It also goes after her, mm-hmm. goes after her and her husband, and she fights back on this. And it's it, it, when we talk about strong female characters in movies that are male dominated, this is this is one of them that I think of. Where she stands up to all that male garbage that they're throwing at her, mm-hmm. and she stands up really strong and really smart about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've I've always thought the contender was was really well good. Be, because they they try to come after her with different things like you're a woman, so can you actually handle this job? Are you you might have been promiscuous in your past. Can you handle this job? You might have had an affair. Can you handle this job? And and at the end of the day, and I think that that's why this film in particular is so interesting, especially in the time that we're living in right now, is it it doesn't really matter if she was promiscuous in her past. It doesn't really um, matter if 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 she's. I mean, if if she is the best candidate on paper, male or female, for the job, 
then sh- then 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 that person should have the job. It doesn't matter if you are a man or a woman. That's the statement that the film is making. And that and and it's done so well and she sits there at one point during these very nasty hearings and and her whole speech on, you know, I I do go to church and my church is this is 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 this political world. And she she's incredible. I love this yeah. film. I think that, and I'm I'm kind of sounding a little like I am woman. Hear me roar! But I think that it's it's the it's the same kind of discussion that is happening in so many different industries. It's you know, should a woman make the same money as a man in in a movie mm-hmm. or in you know whatever whatever industry they're in? We have to get to a point where where we don't you know we don't see male or female, or or if if it's the best person for the job, then that person should have the job. Right, so. absolutely. And it's one of, the, one of the few movies that really started tackling it. It tackled it quite a while ago. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a movie 16 years old. Um, you know, Rod Lurie, who wrote and directed this film, has had, he had kind of a weird, tumultuous career back in the day. Because I, 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 he was always great to me, and I've probably seen hundreds of films with Rod, but he ended up working for, you know, all kinds of different shows. He wrote a book, but he said some really awful things about some actors that he was interviewing. And so he kind of got blackballed in the industry for a while and started writing and directing. But he's always, he's, he's, he's always been kind of a go-getter guy to me. And I, I, I always, when, when he wrote and directed The Contender and I went from watching movies with Rod to interviewing him, I sat there and I was so jealous. <laughs> <laughs> and I looked at him, and I thought, you know, how do you get from here to here, yeah. and how do you do that? So, so we're t- well, and I don't know if it's a, you know, do you know the the dollars that the contender ever made? Like, I don't know if it's a film that's that really got out there that much. Well, it, it got a lot. It got Oscar nominations okay. and contention. I think it did actually okay, really good. well. Good. I, I'd have to go back and I'll look it up, and we'll report on another one. But yeah, I think it actually did really well. well. Got great reviews. And I think people actually went and saw it quite a well, bit. And Jeff Bridges is always eating. He he wants a shark steak sandwich. <laughs> it shows that the president can get can anything I, they can want. Can I order that? <laughs> yes. He always sharks. has a snack. He does. Or he has oatmeal raisin cookies with, with lots of raisins. Um, okay, so we're gonna for our last uh, pairing kind of just if you're if you need to drown your sorrows this this the to to end this political season, um you probably will want maybe a hundred proof bourbon or a <laughs> ninety-five proof Everclear cocktail. Um but then you might not be awake to hear the uh the final election results once, you know, Hawaii comes in and Alaska comes in. So if you need to stay up all night, I'm going to say to look for a Zinfandel, especially a New World offering, probably from California, where the fruit has the natural, has a a higher natural sugar content. And then thanks to lots of sunshine, those bricks, which are basically sugar, gets very, very high, which then bricks equals alcohol. So you're going to have a lot of alcohol. Um, I would recommend, and especially hot vintages, maybe one from Rombauer. That's um, mm-hmm. historically been one that has very high um, sugar content. Um, Gergatils often has high sugar content, um, but also an Australian Shiraz. There's a Molly Duker Shiraz. From, Molly Duker. Yes, I, that one can get between maybe sixteen, sixteen five percent alcohol. 
So it's nice and strong. I'm going to say the Rombauer can get right up into 16%. That's almost a port. Just It, it is. Port 17%. So that's wow. the other option. You could just go straight to a, a fortified wine or a good brandy. But um, if if you if you if you sense you might need to drown your sorrows, just go to your favorite um, wine shop and say, "I need a Zinfandel." Go to the section, and just every every alcohol level by requirement <laughs> has to have the percentage listed on it. So just find the highest one you can. <laughs> You can, um, and make sure you aren't driving because it's definitely a strong wine. No, you're staying home and you're watching. Stay home and watch those results, and you're drowning your sorrows or you're celebrating. Exactly. Yeah. Well, well, we'll see how it all lays out. Hey, that's it for uh, both of us today. A really fun discussion too. So join us next week on Wine and Film: A Perfect Pairing. We're going to have more pairings and more films. And think about the season right now for movies. I know it's election season, but also the season is really starting to heat up with all these great Oscar-contending films. They're all going to start coming out. We're going to have a whole bunch of really good stuff to pair wine with because we're going to have some really good films. I can't wait. So for more on any of the films or the wines we talked about, I'll have a few more recommendations on our blog. You can link there through our Facebook page. Also, be sure to follow Gary on Twitter at Gary Cogill and to see what we're drinking now. Follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Dallas Uncorked. Can you say Molly Duker one more time? Molly Duker. Molly Duker. With that, <laughs> I'm Gary Cogill. And as usual, I'm looking for the next great film. And I'm Haley Hamilton Cogill, always in search of a great glass of wine. Join us next time on Wine and Film, A Perfect Pairing.